Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Attention pro athletes. Want to secure your financial legacy and thrive off the field? Oak Bridge Wealth Management, led by wealth manager Chris Anasetti, is your dedicated financial planning ally. But don't take it from me. Take it from the Dallas Cowboys' Tyler Biotish. He says, Chris set goals financially and has been incredibly impactful in my journey in the NFL. Experience our customized, comprehensive approach, trusted by top NFL players. Don't leave your financial success to chance. Connect with Chris on Instagram at OakbridgeWM underscore Anaceti. That's OakbridgeWM underscore A-N-I-C-E-T-E. And let Oakbridge Wealth Management guide you across the goal line. Welcome back to Believe in Badgers on the Believe Network, presented by BetOnline.ag and Oakbridge Wealth Management. Once again, I'm Matt Perkins, joined as always by Badger legend, the Hebrew Hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. Bernie, how are we doing today? And we're we're winners again. We're having a, a dude I love on another 45. Like, oh, let's go. Oh, good. <laughs> we're both eligible. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's some good things. There are a couple great things. things. Yeah, some great things. Yeah. There's a lot of great things. We've got Warren Herring, former Badgers defensive lineman, member of the Camp Randall Platoon over on Beyond the Big Ten. Uh, I got your guess you're a returning guest because you were on with Sojourn and James, but this is the first yeah, time man. we've gotten you sort of one on one. And we are pumped to have you here, Warren. Thank you so much for being here. No, I'm pumped, man. It's an honor. Dude, I love watching you guys and 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 hearing your your conversations and the guys you bring on. So I was I was pumped. <laughs> well, we well, I love you. So it works oh, easy. Thank you. <laughs> it, 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 it's easy. We've got, you know, we we we've got two four fives in the house. So I'm I'm sort of the odd man out. Uh, you know, back in my days I play, I wore 55, so not, not too far off, but sorry. You, you know how it is. You know, I, I wasn't, you know, I couldn't run with the ball. I can't be wearing those numbers <laughs> below 50, man. I was a big man. So we're going to get into it here with Dub uh, in just a second. Uh, before we do, want to remind the good folks tuning in all around America, the Western Hemisphere, the world, the galaxy, wherever you are, that we are presented by betonline.ag, where they continue to be your number one source for all of your online sports wagering needs. You name it, they've got it over there at BetOnline. Head on over to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today, receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, BetOnline, where the game starts. We are going to start way back in the day. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get into talking about this year's team a little bit later, but we're here to talk about you, man. We're, we're here to we're here to talk about. We are here to talk about Warren Herring, and so I will actually. I, Bernie, I like to let Bernie sort of kick us off here. So I'm okay. gonna, you know, I, I'm gonna run a little option. I'm gonna do a little pitch off, out to Bernie, you know, and, and see where he takes it. Let's go. It's the it's the, it's the easy tee up question of All right. where the game begins. But Warren, where did the game begin for you? Oh man, that's a great question. Um, I want to say I was six. I think I started playing at six, but uh, 
didn't know much didn't know much about the game. My dad actually had played for a, a, a while. He played up through college, played football at Michigan State, um, played a few years at South Missouri, Southeast Missouri, SEMO, uh, where he transferred. And I mean, I think it's always been in my blood, uh, my family, my dad. Fun fact for those that don't know, he's the youngest of 27. Won't get into the details. Youngest uh, of 27. <laughs> yeah, Woo. but I've had a but I've had a lot of football that runs in my family. Um, a lot of athletics in general. Um, love baseball, love basketball, but football started when I was six. You know, getting into tykes. Uh, couldn't play tights for too long because I was bigger than a lot of the other kids. So put a, <laughs> they put a stripe on my helmet. So couldn't run the ball, couldn't touch the ball, things like that. Um, but yeah, that was when my love for the game started. Just having fun as a kid. Um, as I got over, I realized that football was a real thing for me. Um, and my dad, just one of my my, my best coach, my favorite all time coach, uh, tough love coach, uh, really molded me. And again, uncles and things like that that have played the game and are very knowledgeable really molded me into the player that I eventually became uh, to play in high school, college, and and the NFL for that little brief period. 27 so you have 27 coaches <laughs> yeah <laughs> well well 13 uh 13 brothers and 14 sisters so he's one of the 13 guy boys and then there's 14 girls that we will have to dive into that that seems like a different podcast <laughs> in and of itself yeah but Warren, so, so when when did you like you know like when did you figure out like man football is the way to get to college or it's a way it's an avenue to college um, to be honest, uh, I kind of always knew that, uh, my dad would always talk to us about it. Not like on, um, a very like pushy type of thing, but he's like, man, you can take football can take you a lot of different places. Like he, he said it, you know, for him, it took him a lot of places, got him to college. Like he was one of the first in his family to be able to go to college and, and play at a high level. Um, and it afforded his family a lot of opportunities to be able to come and watch him play and things like that again, which is why he transferred to CMO to be closer to home. And his family loved watching him, you know, support system. So I think for me, like I knew it's something that, you know, I wanted to do um, long term. You know, as a kid, they asked you, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to play in the NFL. Uh, so definitely knew that was a, a, a real thing. I think it really got like intense and like I really started putting in work for it I want to say sophomore year of high school I think freshman year was just a played on varsity and things like that but you know eyes are big it's your first year of high school and things like that so you know you got a lot of older kids around you and whatnot you know getting a feel for the game uh you know and did really well uh but my sophomore year was where my dad was like okay now things are going to start getting real you know as you continue to play you know you're stepping into a starting role sophomore on varsity things like that like the things that you do off the field are going to matter just as much as the things that you do on the field. So we got to make sure that, you know, you're staying in condition, you are uh, eating right, uh, you're lifting. Um, so started getting me on like a much more serious weight program. Um, started eating a lot better, training my body. You know, we <laughs> oh, it's like we're giving me like flashbacks. So like I remember like my practice field was literally the backyard of my house. So my dad was super old school. So he would like have me put on my pads and my helmet and stuff. And he'd like get a bunch of like pillows and stuff like that. Or like, uh, my uncle was actually my uncle Terrell. Uh, he was actually a high school football coach for a while. Uh, he would give us like some of his dummies and whatnot. He would set up cones. And at the time in high school, I was playing like fullback. I played linebacker. I played defensive line and, uh, and tight end. And so like we have cones set up and things like that, working on footwork routes, you know, 
coming downhill, meeting a running back or meeting a pulling offensive lineman. So my backyard was my uh, was my battleground for a while. And my dad, <laughs> uh, for those that know my dad, I mean, he for those, those that don't know my dad, my dad's very competitive. And so like he's not going to let me like, out, you know, I'll tough him and I'll work him. And, you know, there's a such thing as as, as dad strength. Like this another level. Uh, and so I learned real quick that <laughs> my dad still has it. Uh, I think I got him now, obviously, but, uh, but then like, I ain't gonna lie to you. It was some, it was some tough days. I, I walked in the house and I was beat up. Like, I ain't gonna lie to you, but, um, but yeah, I think sophomore year is when it really got real for me. And, uh, my dad really pushed. He was like, if this is something that you want to do, like, you know, it's, it's real, it's going to get serious and you have to get serious about it. You know, otherwise the military, you know, no event, but I ain't trying to go into, I wouldn't try to go into the military. <laughs> So what, like, what was like the toughest stuff that your dad was putting you through? What were like the toughest workouts or like either physically or mentally that he was making you do in that backyard? I mean, I'm a big guy. I don't like to run for one. So we'd go to the local track and he'd have me run like 300s for conditioning, quarter miles for conditioning. Um, Nothing. Or I would do like, you know, 10s, 15s, you know, 20s for quick bursts and things like that. But a lot of it was track a lot of it was getting out running track my dad also was a nationalist in track um he ran in high school uh ran a little in college for conditioning i had uncles that also aunts that ran my mother a lot of people don't know about my mother but my mother uh started at nebraska set a lot of records and the 100 and 200 um as a sprinter uh then she ended up transferring to southeast missouri as well set a ton of her yeah set a ton of records at semo for sprinting uh, still hold some records at Jackson uh, High School, I believe. Um, but I have, like I said, I have athletics all in my family. So a lot of it was the running. That was the hardest. Uh, in terms of the backyard, uh, my dad was a lot bigger at the time. Like he's lost some weight. Shout out to Pops. Um, but I think around then I'm in high school. I'm like six one, six two, maybe like 200 pounds. And my dad at this time is like six one, maybe like. 285 like 295 and he's mimicking a pulling guard and i have to i have to come across a line of scrimmage and work down the line and like spill him while he's got this dummy in his hand and it was literally like hitting a brick wall every time and my dad is like he never like really worked to stay in shape but he was just always like a i can't curse but you get what i'm saying he was a brick house and so it was just that. It was just the soreness. It was the hitting him constantly. Because also, that's my dad. Like, I don't want to hurt him. But he's like, nah, he's like, hit me. He's like, because I'm going to hit you. He's like, you pat it up. I'm going to hit you. So it was a lot of that. It was the physicality. So it taught me to be physical. It taught me, you know. So you put, like, a helmet and shoulder pads on? Yeah, I had a helmet and shoulder pads on. All he had was a dummy. And he was blowing it up. Now, like, now, you know, I'm a, I ain't going to let him do it. So I'm hitting him, too. But just, like, you know. It hurt my pride because I'm like, man, dad, I got you. You know, I, I'm, 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 I do this. But, you know, everybody talks about my dad whenever I go back home. Like everybody remembers who my dad is, talks about his his football career in high school and college. And it's something that's awesome to hear. But like I said, in terms of the difficulty, it's the running and it's, you know, just the constant hitting in the back in, in, in the backyard. So so how does that equivalate now as a sophomore, junior, senior? How do, how do you bring that stuff you're learning to the field? I think for me, uh, one of the things that it really taught me was just toughness. Um, I played on a team of guys, you know, shout out to my old high school team. But, you know, in high school, you got some guys that ain't really that tough. 
you know, but it helped me because, you know, I had that mentality. I had that mindset, regardless of who we were playing, like, you're not going to beat me. You're not going to beat my team, things like that. So it helped me from a mental standpoint of, you know, you have to find another level. You have to be physical every play. Like football is a physical game. And so if you're not going to hit them, they're going to hit you. So I think the biggest part was just physicality. And it was growing up and it was getting tough. Um, it was like football's fun, but you know, you can get hurt if you're not going full speed, you know, you can uh you can look bad, like you can be embarrassed and things like that. So um a lot of it was, yeah, just the toughness and the mentality of of being competitive and not wanting to get beat and things like that. So like I said, for high school, like that really that's really what set me apart. So when did when do you start getting some like these big time deals? Because you, you know, you read your bio, you were what the 41st best tight end in the nation, 108th yeah. best D end. Yeah, that's man, they were pretty man, impressive. They were flying, man, I thought I was better than that, you know. <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> that's ridiculously I, impressive. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. Um, we had, I think for me, um, we didn't get a big following of recruitment in our at our high school. Um, and that's another story about just how awesome my parents are, because the reason I got recruited to Wisconsin was because of my parents and the work that they put in to help me. Um, but yeah, we didn't get a lot of followings. I think the person, the, ne- the next person that went to a bigger school before me, there was the year before me, a good friend of mine, his name's Jake Campbell. Uh, he was a offensive tackle. Um, he went to Northern Illinois, I believe. And then before him was a guy back in like, the late 80s that went to like U of I. But other than that, everybody was going to, you know, D3 schools and AIA, things like that. And I didn't want to go D3 and AIA. No offense to anybody, but I wanted to go with D I wanted to go D1. I wanted to be um I wanted to be the best that I could. Um so for me it started picking up sophomore year. My parents started making cut-ups. I don't know if you guys remember like well we didn't have huddle at that time. Like it was you had to video record or take film from your playing days and we couldn't we didn't have access to like high school film our coaches weren't doing cut-ups and things like that for us we didn't have huddle to do it ourselves so my parents actually would videotape video video record my games from the bleachers like they'd be up at the very top and you know where my dad is because uh there was this huge you know how big the record the cameras used to be back in the day mm-hmm. so my dad would come up with this brief side briefcase size camera and you could see him just like hang cleaning it up on his shoulder and it has like this big white light bulb so you knew where he was every time and then they started coming out with tripods and things like that so he didn't have to do it as much but every sporting event every game my dad was there with a camera uh, Looking like the local TV crew. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's asking my parents, hey, are you getting my son as well? Nah, just mine. <laughs> but um, but yeah, my mom did a lot of the cut-ups. So like whenever we would come home, and the great thing about it is like it also kind of prepared me for college too, but we would have like our film sessions on Saturday mornings uh, after our games on Friday nights. So we would have film session on Saturday mornings once we come home from like our practice and whatnot. We would sit down, we'd do pluses and minuses, and my dad would tell us, you know, talk to us about physicality, assignment. He asked us to play we had, things like that. Um, and my mom, after the game, she'd make note while we're watching it, and she'd take note of every single play that, you know, we had pluses on, things like that, things that we did well on. 
And she would go down into our basement where our computer was, where her computer was, and she would literally do cut-ups for us. And so she would put them, burn them onto a DVD. And then that's and we would, my dad ended up printing out a list of D1 colleges from every conference. He printed out D2 and D3 just in case. And he was like, there's 50 D1 colleges here. Pick 20. There's uh, 20 D2 colleges here. Pick five. There's 20 D3 colleges here. Pick five. And we're going to send out the first round of your highlight tapes. We got a bunch of CDs and my mom would go online, get the questionnaires, print them out. We fill them out, stuff them in the envelope with the CDs and we'd send them out to the colleges. Bro, like this is what it used to be back in the day. Like kids do, kids will never know. And I'm pretty sure it was worse, like, you know, or harder prior to, you know, but yeah, like my, we started getting letters and things like that from like all these colleges and then we started sending out more. Once we started getting letters from D1 colleges, we put D2, D3 aside and we just focused on D1. And so we would get a lot of letters and things like that. And, you know, fortunately, I have four schools that really enjoyed me and really liked me and uh, and offered, which was amazing. And I really shut down my recruitment after uh, I ended up committing to Wisconsin. So what what four were those? Uh, my very first one was an immediate commitment. It was Kansas State. Uh, at the time they were really good. They had, uh, Bill Schneider, uh, as the head coach, who was legendary coach. Um, the color, the defensive line coach was Mo Lattimore. He was really cool. Uh, really high on me. Showed me a lot of love, like from the jump, um, uh, in the middle of nowhere. Also at that time, the two years prior, we had a guy, his name was Brandon Harrell. He was like one of the best athletes in our area, uh, who ended up going to, he played at a cross town rival high school. So I compete with him literally like every year, basketball, football, track, things like that. And he ended up going to Kansas state on a full ride scholarship. Uh, so they ended up coming back to the area also because of him. And when we sent out our film and, uh, yeah, Kansas state was the first one. I jumped on it literally right away. As soon as he gave me a phone call, I was like, yeah, I'm in the boat. And then, uh, and my dad was like, you know, go ahead and commit. Cause he was sitting in the car with me. Cause it was like right before basketball practice. He called, he called us. My dad was like, yep, go ahead and commit, you know, because usually, you know, if you get injured or things like that, teams don't really take, you know, scholarships away. But he was like, we're going to sit in it. We're going to verbal and we're just going to see what else comes. So I verbal. And then after that, Kansas came up. I ended up going out to take an official to Kansas. And uh, Nick Mangino was the head coach at the time. Did not like him, bro. He was like... He seems so like mean, bro. And it wasn't like a mean, it's just like he seemed uninterested. So that was my second one. And then I ended up going to Stanford. I ended up getting an offer from Stanford. And great thing about Richard Sherman was my host, which was really cool. Uh, so I got a chance to meet him. Bro, it was really cool. Uh, and Stanford was beautiful. And uh, I was ready. I was ready to commit to Stanford. And my dad was like, hold on. I feel like there's more coming. Like, we love Stanford. But also for me, you know, having my dad as my coach and things like that, like, I didn't want to go too far away. You know, having my mom and things like they would know they would they wouldn't be able to come see me play as often. And then my, I also have my brothers coming up behind me who are also collegiate athletes as well. So I want to be in a place where they could come see me as often as they wanted to and not have to fly all the way across the country. So then Wisconsin came around um, towards the end of my junior year. Uh, beginning of my right before my senior year, uh, they offered me, brought me in. It was Coach Bielema, Dave Dorn recruited me. Uh, I had Coach Partridge, and I think when I got on campus, just like seeing how beautiful the campus was, and um, just like being able to be around the team, uh, spending time with them, like seeing how just real the coaching staff was for me, it it topped all four places like hands down. So that's kind of how that worked for me. That's wild, man. That's that uh, that that's really wild. First of all, 
being not a lot of people turn down Stanford. Not a lot of people no. turn down Stanford. And not so, um, I, yeah, I, I can imagine hard, but understanding why you want to stay sort of, you know, closer to home. Obviously, like yeah. family is like a, you know, it's very clear family is very, very important to you. Yeah. So when you, you know, one of the things you talked about, you know, especially as you're trying, starting to take football more and more seriously as you're a sophomore, junior, stuff like that, is getting your, you know, self-focused when you're not on the football fields what what were you spending your time on when you weren't playing football and weren't necessarily in class like what is what is high school warren doing in his non you know non-sports time i don't want to say free time maybe it wasn't super free but what do you what i'm gonna be doing? honest with you none of it was free uh because i was always doing something whether it be athletics and whatnot uh i also my dad was a police he was a illinois state police officer uh retired a lieutenant like six years ago but he was probably one of the strictest, strict, most strict people I ever met in my life. Like you talk about somebody that couldn't leave the house. That was me. You talked about somebody that had to be in the house by streetlights. That was me and my brothers. You talk about somebody that couldn't drive, ride your bike past the street that you were on. Like, that's what you had. That was me in high school. Right. And that's just what I knew. And like my dad wasn't like mean or he wasn't a jerk or anything like that. He was just strict. He had rules. He wanted to keep us out of trouble. You know, there was uh, some things that had happened in the area multiple times. My dad had seen a lot of things with guys in high school getting in trouble and he just didn't want that to be us. And, you know, I didn't understand it at the time, uh, but I understand it. I understood it a lot more when I got older. Uh, but, yeah, to be honest with you, it was it was books. It was ball. It was, you know, spending a lot of time with my family. Obviously, I had friends, did get out with my friends and things like that uh, on occasion and whatnot. But uh, a lot of it was just spent chilling at home. It was at the school, after school, getting some extra work in. Um, it was, oh, I'm trying to think. What else? Man. Yeah, that's about, to be honest, that's about it. I mean, I chilled at the house, watched a lot of TV, played a lot of games. I had two brothers, my best friends, and, you know, we spent a lot of time together, too. Um yeah, that was about it. Play basketball in my backyard. I really didn't have to go anywhere. I mean, I had a lot of stuff in my backyard. I had basketball. We could play football in the backyard. I had a long street, so we could toss the football if we wanted to. I could ride a bike. I could run, stay in shape, things like that. And it wasn't like – I know it sounds like everything was just, like, so sports-focused. It wasn't – a lot of it was just to keep us out of trouble. Like, we just had a lot of stuff going on in the area that, you know, wasn't – you know, not saying that our area was a bad area. It wasn't. But my dad's just saying a lot. You know, I just wanted to keep us, you know, in the best uh, position possible. Listen, sports do that, man. They keep a lot of people out of trouble, no matter where you grow up. Kept me yeah. out of trouble. Kept me out of trouble in class. I was a knucklehead. I ain't gonna lie. Like, it did not keep me out of trouble in class. I will say that I was a class clown for oh, sure. It, it kept me out of getting like in super trouble. Okay, yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I definitely <laughs> I got suspended or expelled or anything. Yeah, yeah, right. right but right. I was always knocking on the door. I was like, oh, hey, let me in. I want to take a vacation for a couple of days. <laughs> um, Wait to Warren. So, so a guy under like these these I don't want to say strict rules because you know everyone has has like some kind of um I don't know just guidelines to live by. Mm -hmm. What's it like when you get to campus? Like you you took an official visit. Did you take multiple official? Do you take three? It sounds like took four, four? official visits. Yeah, I took four so official what's visits. Four official visit Warren. Like sounds oh, like spring oh. break. Bro, it was. Yeah. I loved it. I love having that time away from my parents, being able to hang with the players. Uh, and then at that time, like, obviously, there wasn't a lot of strict rules, like, on the things that you could do. So, like, we, you know, we hung out, you know. I don't, you know, we get too in-depth, you know. But, no, it was great. I mean, I loved it. Uh, my parents loved it. Uh, but, yeah, I think 
being able to take official visits and knowing that I was going to have some time to just like get to know the players, get to know the campus, you know, meet people, stuff like that. I mean, I was, it was, it was love for, like, I loved it, you know? And then also like I graduated early in order to get to college. I'm trying to get out the house. Like I got freedom now. I'm trying to get out the house. So I took that opportunity to leave early. Who's your uh, host in your official? Uh, to Wisconsin? Yeah. Devin Smith. Devin Smith. All right. Yeah, it was Devin okay. Smith. That was cool. Yeah, we rode around in his BMW and <laughs> went to a couple parties. It was cool. He did. He, he did. He did good. He did good. But I hung out with a lot of uh, hung out with a lot of the DBs, Antonio Finellis. Uh, Kevin Claxton at the time was a safety transition mm-hmm. into linebacker. I hung out with him a lot. Uh, I'm trying to think. You know, got a chance to hang out with JJ while I was there, which was phenomenal. David Gilbert. I remember walking in my first uh, my first day of my official visit. And uh, they introduced me to David and great guy, you know, still talk to him to this day. But just like, <laughs> I'm like, I come in at 6'3", 205, 210 pounds. And David's about 225, 230, he's like 6'5". And he's just like, cut. And I'm like, man, is this what Kyle is going to do to me? Am I supposed to come in looking <laughs> like this? You know, uh, but no, nah, I, I, I had some great guys that I got a chance to hang with. Monty, actually, Monty Ball. I heard a lot about Monty Ball growing up. Um, him being a, a year older than me, uh, he actually played across the river. But being in the St. Louis area, you get a lot of, um, you know, news and things like that about guys that are in the area. So I heard a lot about Monty uh, when he was setting records over at Timberland. And uh, so I knew him already going into uh, college. And then also Dan Moore. Dan Moore, who was a D lineman. Uh, he also wore 45. Um, he went to O'Fallon High School, which is another one of our school rivals, which is like 10 minutes away from us. So I knew about Dan Moore, too. He was two years older than me. Or no, he was four years older than me because his last year was right before I got in. So didn't get a chance to play with him, but knew of him, too. Uh, our families were really close. So knew about him as well. Warren, what what's, what makes you make that decision to come in January? Like, is there more behind that? I just wanted to get out of the house. I feel like that's a that's a hard decision to make. It was, but I think at that time there was nothing for for me personally. There was nothing else left for me to do in St. Louis. Uh, for me, I really I've always wanted to get out and kind of see what else was there. Uh, loved being home and whatnot, uh, but I wanted to see, do something new. Like I wanted to get out. I wanted to start, you know, getting into spring ball because I had the opportunity to do that. So like to really get in and see where I was at come spring, which was a lot of fun. Had a lot of gains in uh in the spring. Um, but yeah, it was just an opportunity to get started playing football on you know on a different level and you know, enjoying campus life. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Part of it was getting out of the house. That was a big reason. I get to, I get to get out of the house early. Like I finished all my requirements in high school. Like I don't need to stay around and just take electives and things like that. I mean, I did, you know, come back for prom, but uh, other than that, I was out. I didn't have to walk for graduation or anything like that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was wanting to get out of the house. It was wanting to see something new. It was wanting to get back on campus, this campus that I had loved seeing so much. But the funny thing was, ha, I realized uh, I knew Wisconsin was cold, but I didn't realize how cold because when I went to go see them, it was the first game. It was like the first game of the season they played Northern Illinois in, in 2009. And um, like it was, you know, it wasn't too cold. It was like August, September or beginning of September. So it wasn't too cold and things like that. But then when I stepped on campus in January, uh, it was like 15 inches of snow or something like that. And like, <laughs> 
almost negative temperature or something. And like, I'm getting my stuff out and I'm getting ready to move everything into the region to get ready for spring, get ready for classes. And I'm like, man, what? Oh, this is not what I was expecting. So, but I mean, yeah, it was, like I said, it was getting out of the house and wanting to get on campus and just get life started, you know, the next stage of my life started. Were you the only one, were you the only one who came in so, yeah. so who do you live with? Like, what what's the ramp up? What's the on-ramping of, so, like, a new person in January? Yeah, so the year before me, actually, there were, two, I want to say, maybe three early enrollees. I want to say Travis Frederick came in early. David Gilbert came in early. And I want to say Chris Borland came in early, if I'm not mistaken. I want to say there were three or four. Um, but the following year, it's funny because PJ Peniel Jean played corner and safety for us. He was actually supposed to come in early with me, but some things happened and he didn't make it in. So I came in alone. I had a two bedroom apartment in the region to myself, man. My first meal, I made a pizza. It was great. Uh, but nah, it was cool. I had the guys and, and still like the guy, I mean, Campus isn't too big, so I had guys coming in and out, you know, checking in, checking in on me, making sure I was good. Spent most of my time at the stadium anyway, studying, study table, uh, working out, you know, being around the guys, practicing and things like that. So, I mean, a lot of the time I wasn't really on my own, but uh, the guys on the team. And again, that's a, uh, one of the things I love about Wisconsin. And when we went back to Ohio State, you know, we told the recruits about this, too. It's just like when you're a part of the team, like you are family and, you know, everybody makes sure you're good. you got what you need. They're checking in on you. They knew I was a freshman by myself, wide eyes on campus. And, you know, they took care of me. Uh, so that's, it made it easy. I didn't need a lot, you know, didn't call home a lot saying, Hey mom, dad, I need this, need that. Now still, you know, mom hooked me up, you know, she took care of her oldest, you know, uh, shout out to moms. But, uh, but I had teammates there, you know, gave me a ride to get groceries, things like that. If I needed it, you know, made sure I got out, you know, hung out with the guys, uh, but yeah, that was, and then, I mean, it was only what, five, six months. And then other guys came in in the summer, other freshmen came in in the summer. So for that six months, I mean, it was cool. It wasn't, like I said, it wasn't a lot of me by myself. I didn't feel like I was alone or anything like that. And it, it helped me grow up real quick. What's the hardest part about that? Oh yeah. Well, I was saying, what's, yeah, the hardest part about that, yeah, what's the hardest part about that transition? Not having to, having to cook for myself, to be honest with you, <laughs> not having mama's meals no more, man, I ain't gonna lie to you. The first week. You know, like, I, like I said, my first meal was a pizza. Went went right across the street to the open pantry and got a frozen pizza. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like it's having to learn. Like now, you have to be an adult. You got to cook for yourself. You got to wash your own clothes. I mean, I, I wash my own clothes. Don't get me wrong, but but you got now you got to do it. You ain't got somebody telling you like when to do it. You ain't got somebody telling you like when to do your homework and things like that. So it's a transition of it, it, in stepping into independence being independent, learning how to fend for yourself. So I think that's the hardest part. It wasn't hard again, but it was a difficult transition of now trying to figure out like priorities and timing, like when to do things, when to find the time to do it. Cause you also are, t- you're also in school. You got to manage your school and then you're at the stadium majority of the day anyway. So it's like, when am I going to find time to fit these other things in? And then also make sure I get some good rest, proper sleep, things like that for the next day. And also you're 17 years old, maybe 18, but still yeah. like you're a high scorer in college. I always felt like that is the biggest transition. It's like, you don't know how to do these things. Yeah. You know, like, um, what do my parents tell me? They're like, whites warm. I'm like, cool. Yeah. And then I figured out, just wash everything on cold. Everything like, it, doesn't on cold. Yeah. it doesn't like, matter. But man, but that's so washing. funny. 
dude, I was rolling out duffel bags of laundry to the place because you never you did it when you had literally nothing left. Yeah. Because I didn't know I should be doing it once a week. And also with all the other <laughs> stuff we're doing, you don't have any time. Like there's no day that is a free day in college when you're playing football. I can't tell you how many times I like had to take my extra loop from the stadium home so I can have some underwear to wear for the next day because I forgot to do my laundry. My mom's not there. I need to get my laundry done. So uh, that came in clutch. Thank you for a lot of us. A lot of sneaking. Bro, yes. Underwear into the wash at the stadium. A lot of loop. Yeah, of course. I like it. Yeah. And they would get they would like, get so mad. They would get so sometimes they wouldn't catch it, but whenever they did catch it, it's like it's not for it's not for your personal. And it's just like, I'm sorry. We're not your uh, yeah. yeah. We're not your concierge. Yeah. I'm like, listen, guys, I got no underwear, so just yeah. do it, please. Yep. Just one, two, bears. and don't forget it at home. Don't forget it at home and let them know that you're missing a loop. Or you're missing you're missing your second loop. Where's the second loop? We need to get that back. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah. It's got my jeans from Saturday night on him. <laughs> Attention athletes. Do you want a frictionless and tailored financial planning experience to secure your future? Well, look no further. Introducing Oak Bridge Wealth Management, the premier financial planning firm for professional athletes. Led by wealth manager Chris Anasetti, our team provides a unique and comprehensive approach, ensuring your financial success both on and off the field. We understand the unique challenges you face as a professional athlete, from managing cash flow habits to planning major business purchases and navigating complex contracts. That's why we've developed a proven process, working closely with our strategic partners to provide seamless solutions for your unique financial journey. Our services evolve with your career, offering short, mid, and long-term goal setting, portfolio optimization, real estate investments, and more. As you transition to life beyond the field, we support you with career development and philanthropic ventures. But don't just take our word for it. Top NFL players like Chase Roulier, Tyler Biotish, Alec Ingold, and more trust Oak Bridge Wealth Management to guide them towards financial success. Troy Dye of the Minnesota Vikings says, I really love the work that Chris and the rest of the Oak Bridge group do. I especially like the honesty and transparency when it comes to setting up financial goals and plans that best fit my needs and situation. It's time to elevate your financial game plan. Connect with Chris on Instagram at OakbridgeWM underscore Anacete. That's OakbridgeWM underscore A-N-I-C-E-T-E. And join the winning team. Not only is like all these life things happening, I'm always, I'm actually always intrigued by people who show up early only because it's such a, you're, I feel like the band-aid's ripped. Yeah. Like, you know, you go into high school up until December 15th, you're 20 something. And then all of a sudden, like two weeks later, you're like basically showing up on campus <laughs> and you're in your, and then they, they don't treat you like high school. They, they're like, you're a college kid now. You're a college so, kid, yeah. so all these things are going on. So how, how do you transition to the weight room? Because that's a whole new ball game. Yes, you worked out with your dad and you like had that discipline. But, dude, when I showed up, I was like, man, I worked my butt off in high school. And it was not even 20% of what I did in not college. My first workout. And then, and, then, and, then talk about, and then talk about talk about that transition. But then also talk about, like, dude, spring ball is no joke either. No, it's not, especially not at Wisconsin. 
Especially, yeah. So talk talk about those transitions. So transit, especially from a workout standpoint, like you were just talking about, like, like there's nothing that can prepare you for spring ball. I don't care how how often you train, like they try to break you down. Like that's your time to get like that's where they separate the boys from the man, basically. Uh in a sense. It's just my first workout when I came in, uh, so my first workout coming in, we had Coach Herb. Coach Herb was our head strength and conditioning coach. And like he had that look at you. He's just like, Yeah, boy. He's like, You coming in right? He's like, I'm gonna get you right. I'm gonna add some muscle here. And he like tapped me on the shoulder. He's like, I add some muscle here. He's like, yeah, I'm about to put him, I'm gonna put about 60 pounds on you in about two years. He's like, I'm gonna get you right. You're gonna be a monster. And so, like, I'm like, all right, ghost, let's go. Like, what this look like? First day of conditioning, like puking all over the place and laying out by the trash can. And everybody's like, welcome to college. Welcome to college. But uh, it's the transition is the transition from a workout standpoint is like it, it's it's different. There's nothing that can prepare you for it because, and the thing, a lot of things, the people, that, a, a lot, a lot of it that the people don't know is like, it's a mental thing. It's not about how strong you are. A lot of it is a mental game. Like when you get to college, like, you know, everybody's, you know, tough, everybody's stronger and things like that. Not strong, not saying stronger than you, but everybody's strong and whatnot. Like you can get through the physical aspect, like your body can do amazing things, but it's the mental. Like when you start getting like, sit getting ready to puke getting ready to tap out that's mental that's not your body that's mental and so like i really had to figure out how to put myself in a different space when we started working out going through practices spring ball was hard i mean and that's another thing about wisconsin which is why our nfl talent lasts so long and why they play so well is because we train for the next level like we train harder than a lot of people in the country you know no offense to everybody else in the country but i guarantee you wisconsin is very different from wherever you go well wherever you go to where wherever you go to play um but yeah it's real and i think that's why a lot of nfl teams like us and love the players that we have we have grit so they're gonna push you to the to the edge of whatever you got uh we're tough we're strong like we get it in the weight room like we're maxing out during season like we go hard um we're very well conditioned we run in the off season we don't run as much during season but we maintain really well a lot of guys can handle a lot on their a lot of weight on i mean a lot of um a lot of guys can handle a lot of a, a heavier load right we got running backs that carry the ball 30 times a game, you know, we haven't seen it, you know, as much recently, but, you know, cause it's different. But during that time, like when I was in school and before you guys, guys get, you got guys literally every game getting 30 carries a game. Like, I don't, I can't, I don't know a lot of other places that are doing that. Maybe Bama, maybe Georgia at that time, things like that. But and like that, a lot of guys can't do that and be able to carry that weight and then continue to hit people and get hit every play so we prepare for that so it's just like you can there's nothing you can do in high school to get ready for that and then the transition into like the transition into like balancing everything like you have to learn how to prioritize like you got workouts in the morning or you got an early conditioning session especially in the spring because everything's loaded in the spring you got workouts in the morning then you got to go to class and then you have to check. Then you have to come back for uh, either a workout or a spring ball practice or depending on whatever you're doing. Um, so everything's loaded and you have to be able to be prior. You got to prioritize. You got to learn how to get from point A to point B quickly. You got to get in. You got to get dressed. And it's no. And again, like we talked about, there's nobody pushing you to go do this. Like they're treating you like an adult. So it's just like going to work. Like you can't be late. 
right? Now, now in work, your punishment is being fired. In college, not only can you get fired from your position, from your job, like if you're a starter, if you're a second string, not, not only can you be benched, but you can also get punishment. They running you, you taking, you doing stairs, uh, you watching other people do punishment for you, like. There are consequences. And so you have to learn really quickly. And I learned really quickly. I remember one time, what was, what was I doing? I remember one time uh, it was, I was in the dorm. So this was like during the season, I was in the Devo group, freshman year, I redshirted. I was in the Devo group and uh, like I overslept my alarm. And James White, shout out to my roommate, my best friend, my guy. Uh, he had this alarm clock that because I, I use my phone right he had this alarm clock he had this old school alarm clock you know the ones that little they had a little bell that ding. so he was playing as a freshman you know traveling things like that so he didn't have to get up and go work out with the devo group they worked out later in the day but my alarm was going off i wasn't waking up i heard his go off and his was going off right at the like 30 minutes before our workout started because he's getting up and getting ready to go into the stadium for treatment and things like that. So I like literally all in one motion, hop out of bed, put my clothes on and I run outside and it's snowing. Oh, it's coming. down, And I'm, I'm like, there's no, I don't have a moped at this time. Cause this is my freshman year. I have a, bike. I have a mountain bike. So the tires are flat. It's been sitting outside. So I run across the street. I start running. I'm like, I'm definitely not going to make it because I ain't running. It's hard. And I see some, bro, I see a random person parked, like literally right by Smith Hall. And I literally run over to their car <laughs> in my freshman tuxedo. So like all my football sweats, got my backpack on and I knock on their window. Doo, 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 doo. And the guy rolls down the window and he's his girlfriend sitting in the next seat. I'm like, hey, man, look, I'm trying to get to the stadium. I'm about to miss a workout. You mind? Help me out. He's like, no, man, hop in. I got you. So they speed over. They speed up, get to the stadium. I get to the, I get into the stadium. I got like three minutes to get my stuff on and get ready. Guys have already started going into the weight room, stretching. By the time I get my stuff on, I'm late. They've like closed. You know, the, you know where the old school, tra- you know where the old school training room was where you have to walk past the training room and then walk into the, and I'm late. And I walk in, guys already has their, have their cards in their hands, got their water ready to go. And Coach Hurry was like, duh, turn it around. You late. And I was late by like a minute, two minutes. <laughs> and, you know, at that time, like nothing matters. Like if you're late, you're late. Like it's accountability. So I turn around, I leave. I come back in after workout because I don't have a class for like another two hours. I come back in to work out with the next group, with the uh, with the second Devo group. And he was like, before you work out, punishment. Like we got to, you know, we got to get one of these. So he had Zach Brown, who was a running back for us at the time. And I want to say Zach was a senior. Zach. Got up on the Stairmaster, had 30 minutes of Stairmaster with a med ball, and I'm sitting in a couch, like a massive couch with a cup of Gatorade in my hand. And I have to drink the Gatorade while watching him do 30 minutes of Stairmaster. (laughs) And I have to drink the Gatorade by the time he's done. And you know how hard, like, you don't want to drink the Gatorade. You don't want to make eye contact with him. And Zach Zach was a cool dude. He was like, man, don't let it happen again. And I've never been late. I was never late ever again. But it's just like... Nobody's going to push you, right? Like you have to have the mentality and the mindset to do that yourself. So it's it, it's a different transition and people have to understand that it's it's mental and it's preparing yourself. Like you got you got to grow up real quick. Sorry, that was a long story. <laughs> no, 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 no. But what 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 I mean, besides it being hilarious, what I gather is, dude, there are like literally nobody gets that there's no off day and mm-hmm. there's like no off time. No. Nope. Hmm. At all. In the weight room, there's no rep off. 
Nope. Like if you did a bad rep, dude, three coaches are screaming at you. Yep. You couldn't yep. pick up a lightweight for bicep curls. Everything was on a card and yep. it pushed you to your limit. Mm-hmm. And there was no – literally you couldn't be late to class. You, college football, as I look back and talk to everyone, was – a lot more difficult, I think, dude. As a forty-year-old, I'm like, dude, I don't know if I could do that anymore. I don't know if I can do but it again. No, <laughs> but dude, it was. I mean, you're 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 100 right. Like all that stuff was was intense, and you had to perform at your best mm-hmm. everywhere. Yep, everywhere. You're under you're in a fishbowl, as they say. You're you're under a microscope. Everybody's watching everything that you do. Academics is watching you. You have to be on your P's and Q's. You got to make sure you're getting a good you're getting you're getting good grades because that's going to be communicated to your position coach, your head coach, your tutor, your study not tutors, your or your tutors, your study table uh, teachers and things like that. Like you're under a microscope because they want you to be successful. Like they have guys coming in and out that are graduating, you know, got great graduate. We have great and high graduation rates for the football team. So they want to keep that standard. Like Wisconsin, there's a standard, which is why they up the academic requirements is because they, they uphold that standard every year. And it's a great school, not only, not only athletically, but it's elite academically. Like, any like anywhere you go, you have Wisconsin on your on that on that diploma. You're getting hired, or you're getting another conversation, or somebody's interested in your story, or where you've been, or what you're doing because you went to Wisconsin. So everything's mine. Everything's seen. Everything's watched. You're you're. It, I'm like going back to like being scared again. <laughs> like, dude, you're 100 right. I walked in. Doug Teat would yell at me, who was my academic advisor at the time. Oh, oh, you were late. You skipped. Oh, you, you got a C on this test. And then it was like three, two. You basically like walk of shame. Anytime yeah. you had to walk into the stadium, you didn't do well in a class. Like they were there. Like even the GAs all the way from the, down at the bottom mm-hmm. to like Barry was like, hey, Burn, wait, you can't do better to C in <laughs> sociology. I'm like, how fast did this get? We don't even have email. Like how fast yeah. did this get to everybody? <laughs> It's almost like yeah. it was like on a board somewhere and everyone yeah. had to walk by it. Dude, it's, but it's ruthless. But at the same time, like you see the guys mentally who can do it. Physically, it's it's not easy. But but lifting weights and like running around, you could push yourself. But if your brain can do it, dude, I, I just think it's – you're bringing out like these these things I forgot about, you know, like all these years ago. But, but that's – it's important because even kids today, like people – I say kids today. I think the mental game is a, is much different than it was when you played and when I played. Yeah. Right. And people aren't sticking things out. They're not persevering through obstacles. I think the same. Listen, I could be completely off. I'm an old man now, but I have to believe, like, dude, there was no thought in my head to transfer. I was just going to work harder. Like that was oh. my brain was like, you're not going to a different school, dude. You haven't done anything here. Like you're going to do something here. Man, and you I, just got to push and work. Yeah, 100%. I think the the closest thing I thought about switching anything was switching a position, if anything, because I wanted to play. Like, I wanted to get out there and I wanted to play so bad. So it was like, oh, maybe I'll try another position, you know, or something like that. And obviously that never happened. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, up, let's dive into your playing, dive into some great games you played. And I know we're, we're, we're oh. running out of time and we want to talk a little Badgers now. But, dude, dude, talk about like, what was your life like on the field? What was it like off the field? Like we love all these stories. And yeah, man. Tell us about what I listen. I'll tell you what my memory of Warren Herring is from the fans <laughs> as a fan was 
I think you played maybe your best game of your career in Lambo against LSU, man. You, I felt like you were flying all over the place in that game. That was that was a big one for me. Oh, we were at that was uh, we were in uh, we were in um, we played at Energy Stadium. That was in oh, and I'm sorry, yeah, not, not, not the Lambo. No, it, it was LSU. It was, I remember it was LSU. You know what? I always think about that game, and I actually got hurt that game, like beginning of the third quarter. But up until then, like we held them like twenty-seven rush yards. They had this big running running back Leonard Fournette. I don't know if you remember who that is or not. Oh, I know playoff plenty. Yeah, yeah, but we were, bro, we were flying. And when I tell you, like that was the best conditioned I had ever been. I think I maybe I might have went eight plays in a row, and I was like wasn't gassed. I didn't feel fatigue, and I'm like. Man, this is nice. Like this is like your hard work pays off, you know. And so, and it was a mental thing too. It was like being able to sit in, knowing that at that time we only had two seniors on the D line up front. It was me and Conrad. It was me and Zags, and um, we really had to hold it down. Unfortunately, both of us went down that game, and you know, LSU made some adjustments. They ended up rushing for like a hundred or something in the second half. But like, it was that was one of my favorite games to play because I was at my best. Like that was like the best it was going to be. And then the knee, but you know, things happen. I think some of the other games I played well and that I loved playing was Ohio state. We played at Ohio state in 2013. I think I had two sacks that game, uh, a TFL or two, but that was another game, you know, unfortunately, we, unfortunately we lost, but that was another one of the best games I've ever played. Like I love competition. I love being an underdog. I love being a, being at a place that being that I wouldn't I wouldn't go to any other school. I'm gonna be 100 percent honest with you. After what I've experienced at Wisconsin, I would not trade going to a national championship school. I know it's crazy to say that everybody wants to win a national championship, but the things that I've learned and what it developed me into, not saying that someone else couldn't have done that, but I don't think so. Like I learned a lot about myself at Wisconsin from the work ethic, from the learning how to prioritize from wanting to play the competitiveness that we have in the locker room, the family, the friend, the com- the friendship, the camaraderie that you have in the locker room. Like that's where I grew as a man was around all the other men that were in the locker room, you know, not, <laughs> it was just being around the guys. I mean, it was like, that's where I learned about brotherhood. Like, obviously, I, like I said, I got two, like two younger brothers that are my best friends. But just that's where I really learned about brotherhood was being in that locker room, like playing for the guy next to you, you know, it being an 11 man game. And if you mess up, you can blow up the whole bunch. So like learning accountability, learning how to sit in and 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 fight adversity. Like, you know, you talked to, you alluded to it earlier about kids like transferring, wanting to transfer out and things like that. That's not, it wasn't even a thought when I was in school. Obviously the transfer portal wasn't that open, but it wouldn't have even been a thought just because like you learn and you grow, like your character grows when you're sitting through something like that and you fight through it and you come out on the other end and now you're playing, you're starting, you know, it's the next man up mentality that we always talk about. Like I ended up playing my second year, like my first year, I redshirted, knew I was going to redshirt deep down. I'm like, man, I should be playing. I want to play. Like I'm good enough to play. Like I know I can play. But at the time we had JJ, you know, we had David, we had Lewis, we had Pat Buttram, we had Bo. Bo, I mean, Bo was incredible. Like I have never seen a guy that size, aside from JJ, move like Bo does. Right. And so he was able to come in and play. We had Costigan, we had Kyle Costigan who started off at D-line. We had Zags, we had Jordan Kahoot. Jordan Kahoot was a 
animal. Jordan Hoop was, was going to start for his freshman. So, like, we're not – well, he was supposed to start his freshman year. He got a lot of plans on but he was supposed to start that second year. But then he went down with some injuries, things like that. And it's like we had Ethan Hamer, who was an animal. And all these guys had an opportunity to play at the next level. So it was just like seeing that over time, like, that makes you better because you're learning from those guys. We had an offensive line that was the best in the country literally every year I was there. And I no debate. And that's how I got better. One scout team player of the year, freshman year, gave me some confidence in myself. And then after that, you know, being able to play, like, that's when I felt like I was dominating other teams, like, on the line of scrimmage, you know, like, because I was going up against the best of the best in practice every week. So, I mean, it just, like, being being at a place like Wisconsin just, like, really molded me into everything I was able to become. Yo, scout team player of the year is literally better than the Heisman. <laughs> it is. It is, it? it is so much harder to earn. It is literally not one person's watching you except for guys who just want to yell at you yep. for messing up. Yeah. Uh, it is, it is, it's a team, like that's a team uh, award like it's, sure. I don't know like literally that is the most that is the person who comes out every day no matter what's going on in the world and it's like I'm just going to make somebody else better today because I, I mean I'll get better but I'm also going to get beat up today because we're not yeah. doing anything that uh, doing anything that I'm supposed to be doing in this on our team but I'm going to do whatever Michigan State's doing or you know I was doing Bro, and you know what uh, it was so fun because like I got to mimic guys like Cameron Hayward. I got to mimic guys like Adrian Claiborne. I got to mimic guys like uh, Carl Klug at one point who played at Iowa. I got to mimic or Adrian Claiborne who also played at Iowa. Uh, Mike Daniels, uh, Jero, not Jarrell Worthy, who was the defensive tackle there in freshman year. But anyway, but like you get to try moves and things like that that you don't even do at Wisconsin. Like that you don't. You're like, hey, they're like, I want you to work on this move all week. I want you to try to do this move all week, and they put you in that play. Like you wear their jersey number, and that's who you are. And I'm over here throwing like speed rushes and like things like that. I would have never thought I would ever try. Like it wasn't in my, it wasn't in my bag. Uh, I could do it, but it wasn't like the first, my go-tos, but like doing somebody else's and like trying to get better at it and perfect it in practice. So that way you can give those guys a look. It made me better. It made me better. So. Oh, so, so I was going to say, we, we don't have much time. Okay. Um, Warren, you do a lot now. On, on your podcast about the Badgers today. Yeah. So I always love outside perspective because Matt Perkins and Matt Burns are the two Maddies. We, I feel like we have been saying a lot of the same things over the class, the past. We all have eight weeks, yeah. nine weeks. Um, dude. So I got to ask you, man, like you pay attention. You're, you're, you're an ex player. I mean, you're next, obviously you're an alumni. You pay attention. This is now so, Becoming a passion, it seems like, or is a passion. You're fantastic at it. I appreciate what, it. Yes. What are you seeing? Like, what are things that you're, like, bouncing around your head that are kind of, like, wacky things? Um, you, we don't have to get into, like, the knit and grit of, like, the team and, like, they drop balls and all those things. Like, we yeah. all know that. But what are some things, like, maybe that are, like, unique to you that you're, like, oh, I don't know. I've never thought about that. Like, oh, that's so weird. Maybe it's this could happen. I got a couple. So I, I want to bounce some off of you after you tell me a couple. Do you want me to bounce one off of you? Yeah, bounce one. Let me, see, let me hear what you Matt got. Perkins told me this, and it's been blowing my mind. Yeah. Chesma Lucy didn't go out for senior day. 
I think you he's know coming what? back. I, I heard that. I, you know what? I would love that. So here's the thing. That. So here's the love thing. It. This is what was really weird about it. I'm gonna interject really quick, Dub. So they made uh they made like a like a like a news press post. He wasn't listed. Mm-hmm. They made an Instagram graphic. He was on the IG graphic, but then in mm-hmm. the stadium. When they all had the players come out, he was not announced as a player coming out. I'm hoping that means he's coming back next year. I would hope so. I would hope so. I would think like, you know what? You know, me being an optimist, I, I think he's going to come back. Uh, I mean, if he can get that medical hardship for, you know, this year and things like that and be able to play next year, I, I think that's going to set him up. Because, I mean, you know, Braylon leaves this year. If Braylon decides to leave this year, you know, with all the other guys that are stepping onto the league, I mean, that'll give him an opportunity to stay back, you know, take the reins, put his, you know, get some other, get some more numbers under his name and then step out into maybe a less deep running back class, you know, especially after coming off an injury, like, you know, teams probably aren't going to take a chance on you right away because you just came off of something that is hard to come back from. Um, and it's going to take you a while. You got to rehab, things like that. Um, but I think it would be better. I mean, me personally, I think it'd be better for him to stay, stay another year, take the reins, be the big dog. I mean, I would love to have him back, especially for our program. I do think that for us as a team, which is really interesting, I'm interested to see the guys that we start bringing in from a recruiting standpoint. Like, I think over the last few years, like being a part of the recruiting, uh, being a part of the recruiting staff in 2019 and 2020 for UW. I, you know, it gave me a different look on what on what, on what recruiting look like, looks like from a recruiting standpoint, like not as a player, but now on staff. And I'm really interested to see the guys, the type of guys that we start to bring in, because I think something that's been really different for me is like, I don't put, a, you know, I, I, and I've talked about this, like, I don't put a lot of it on the coaches. I don't, you know, like this is a coach's first year and things like that. And, you know, obviously they don't have their recruiting class and whatnot. It's a different scheme that we're used to seeing. And, you know, I like to give them some grace. I, I think something for something that we've been going through, you know, and again, the guys have, you know, played really well on some weeks. You know, they haven't played well on some weeks. You know, I love my team, but I'm going to be one of the worst critics just because like I've been there, you know, and I know what the guys are going through or in terms of like, you know, having to overcome adversity. But I think it's a, I'm a, I'm a call. I think it's, effort so I'm, I'm i'm interested to see like i'm interested to see like what guys are going to step up uh you know this upcoming week next season like as we start to bring in new players and things like that guys are getting ready to leave who's going to step up and become the guy because i don't know if we had aside from braylon you know will pauling did really well this year but i want to see who the guy is because every year we've had like we've had guys you know when, when i was you know when i was in school you know when bernie was playing we have got bernie was the guy you know, when he was playing like big 45, he's big 45, right? He was the guy. But like, I want to see who steps up to take that leadership role, you know, uh, for the team. Like what young guys are going to emerge because we have a lot of gaps to fill. So I'm going to be really interested to see that. I'm trying to see what else is really interesting. That's like, that's so really Warren, while you're thinking, let me hit you with another one. Okay. Raylan Allen. He's got every option available to him. What I don't think I've I've heard nothing, mm-hmm. but I think he doesn't come back. My my question I'm going back is like, does he do NFL or does he go crush it somewhere else for one year, <laughs> and then just be the man? I, you know, go to an offense. Maybe he feels more comfortable. I, these are things I'm throwing around. Like, 
I would hate that for us. I don't want that for him. But, but here's the thing. I get that. But here's the thing. And, and and we talked about this a little bit with James being a running back and whatnot. But I don't know if it would be that much more beneficial for him to go somewhere else because you're looking at all the other teams in the conference. They're running this. They're running gun. They're running out of gun. Berlin is a downhill back. Like somebody's going to have to change the scheme and give him the ball running downhill. He's a downhill guy. And I don't mm-hmm. know if a lot of teams are going to do that. Now, obviously, if you're going to bring in a guy like that, you got to build around him. But a lot of teams already have key pieces and the teams that he would be good going to are already established. Like, say, for example, we, we threw Michigan out there, for example, somebody that run, you know, runs the ball a lot. Hard nosed team. They still run out of the gun. And they give the ball to a guy mm-hmm. that's an East and West guy. Not saying that Braylon can't do that because he can. We've seen it. But he's a downhill guy. The man's like 250 pounds. He's six four. He's a he's a brick house. <laughs> Let him go downhill. Let him get some speed going. Let him run through a couple of people, make, you know, one cut and go. So I don't know if it would be much more beneficial for him to leave, because if you do go to a place like Michigan, you got another guy like Donovan Edwards. I think Braylon Allen's better, but they're going to give him the ball because he's been there. He's put in his time. You know, you go to you go to Ohio State, another team that runs the ball like, you know, that runs the ball that well, uh, that runs the ball out of the spread, sometimes runs it out of the gun. You got um, uh, Trajan Henderson, who's probably going to leave. You got Chip Tranum. Um, Diamante Tranum, who's another big running back, very similar to Braylon. So now you got to battle with him and they are always reloading with talent. And then also, you know, you think of another team that runs the ball like that, Iowa. I was going to say Iowa. You get what I'm saying? So like, I don't know if it'd be beneficial for him to do that. So if he does get beat up there, you'll get beat up and your offense isn't going to produce. So you think, so you think NFL is probably where he might end up next year? I think he might go. I mean, he's put together. He has a really good resume, and I think that's what helps him. Like teams mm-hmm. know, teams know what he can do, and he he plays in a he played in a pro style offense. Like when Coach Chris was here, you know, obviously a little bit maybe changed, but they gave him the ball going downhill, getting you know using his momentum, one cut go, you know, and that's what they do in the NFL. That's not going to mm-hmm. change. They get under center, so the teams know that he can do that, and I think that's going to play to his benefit, and he will still Wait, be a high running back. I got to ask you a wacky question. Yeah. Um, to go, because you mentioned, you, I totally forgot that you coached there. Uh, my bad, dude. For Or you were you were the uh, in um, the recruiting. recruiting. 2027. This has to be a huge recruiting thing. We're playing Pittsburgh at, in Ireland. I'm there. I was just talking. I was just talking to Matt about this before we hopped on. Bro, I'm trying to find tickets as soon as I can. I'm going to get my flight booked in advance. But I'm trying but, to go. But that, but that must be, you know, like, Tell me, you tell me, we're, we're having an off season. Is that something to get people excited about? You can yes. go into the next person. You'd be like, yo, we're going to go to Ireland. You can jump on this team. and Because because that was Hawaii for me. Yeah. So like, oh, five years we play in Hawaii. <laughs> so, so like, dude, that that to me makes becoming a Badger worth it for, if you're going to stay for a couple of years. 100%. You know, like that alone is a free trip to Ireland. Mm-hmm. Dude. You and know they're going to have some time to hang because they're going to go up yeah. a week in advance. They're going to go hang. <laughs> you know, so I'm trying to drink that season. place it's, under the table. Oh, for sure. Hard. Oh, so, for sure. Uh, the first would, two nights, the first two nights, you know, it's going to be, yeah, have a practice. They're going to let you have some free time in the evening. Bro, I'm trying to go find. Never mind. I'm going to stop there. I'm but you, be you, you Guinness. I'll be everywhere. I'll be. Oh, for oh, sure. Man, it would be good. But, but Warren, those things, right, like are so like, um, 
the aggressiveness, I think, with our with our schedules now coming out, you know, mm-hmm. Alabama home and away. From a from a, a recruiting standpoint, these things are are, are attractive for young people who want to come. You Most know, it's, it's like what what's like the verbiage that like somebody would use in that office? You, would it just you, be like, dude, come play here and you're gonna go to Ireland? Yeah, you hit it right on the head. It's talking about yeah. it. Like in 2027, I mean, you come in here in 2020, you're the 2024 recruiting class, you got 2024, 25, 26, 27. Your last year, you know, if you're still here, you're going to Ireland. I mean, how often does that happen? Well, who was the last team that played in Ireland? Was it Michigan Notre not Michigan Notre Dame? Well, so Notre they had Dame. the kickoff this year between Notre Dame and I think it was oh, Northwestern. Was but no, no, it? last year was Northwestern Nebraska. This year was Notre Dame versus someone. They played, but they played somebody in Ireland because I had a buddy that went to that game because his family's a big Notre Dame fan or big Notre Dame fan. It was Notre Dame Navy. It was Notre Dame Navy. Notre Dame Navy. Gotcha. But like a lot of teams don't get that. And you mentioned Hawaii. I was, I'm hurt because I never got to go to Hawaii. Literally the last year they went to Hawaii was the year before I got there and we never went again. And I was so upset. I was so upset because that was a selling point for me because that year they went to, I was like, man, we get to go Hawaii. We go back next year. I get to go. Things like that. And then a ball game. And then a bowl game. I mean, just like you don't. I mean, as a you know, a collegiate athlete, like you don't get to get out. You don't get to see a lot of cool places. But now you get to. Not only are you playing at a uh, uh, an elite university, now you're gonna play on a national stage because it's gonna be televised nationally. Not, not not just nationally, but internationally. It's gonna be on in Ireland. It might be on in a couple of other places. You know, like it's just it's cool to be in that environment. Now people have seen you play. Now they they like you. They're wearing your jerseys, and now you can get paid for. It. Now imagine if you go out and or imagine you go out, you go play in Ireland, and like half of Ireland buys your jersey because you had an amazing game, right? Why not? Just saying. Yeah, I love it. Just saying. I absolutely love it. And it's a selling. It's a great selling point. It's a great selling point. Listen, I'm going. I've already decided. The news came out today, and I've I've, I've already <laughs> talked to people, the powers that be, and I'm going. So zero doubt. But you mentioned you mentioned like your your interest about who we get, right? Like this to me is a four year like you know it's a co- you know Uno card collect four you yeah. know or whatever it is. It's yeah. a it's the ace you know it's the ace in your pocket. Like you're gonna switch people on that. You're gonna get dudes who are like, oh, maybe I'll go somewhere else. You better go. Wait, you're gonna get a free trip to Ireland. Also, you're yeah. gonna play. For an elite university, and I think this Warren, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is just a weird year. It is. It, it's it's a it's a unicorn year. I mean, you know, everybody has that. Everybody has a year where they're trying to fix things, especially when you get a new coaching hire. You got a lot of new transfers that you know haven't been in the system for a certain amount of time, so they don't. You know, not saying that they don't know the Wisconsin way, but they don't know the Wisconsin way. They're coming in, they're playing. Wisconsin's built differently, right? And so you don't see a lot of what we're used to seeing happening. And not saying that sure. that's not saying that there were there wasn't signs of it there or anything like that but you know as a fan base as a former player like you just don't see what we're used to seeing and how we dominate people you know uh but i think as we go along i mean we get i i think very highly of our coaches i mean they are winners they've been put in positions to win they know how to recruit and another thing like i think that is a plus for us because we have coaches that know how to go recruit. Not saying that our coaches in the past didn't didn't know how to recruit because Bielema, that staff, they went out and did their work. Now, obviously, we recruited a certain type of guy. You know, we weren't going to go get all the five stars and things like that. But as we went along in the 
program continue to become more and more of a powerhouse, I think you can still go get those five-star guys that fit the program. And I think that would be an opportunity for us to go get, you know, better talent, you know, not saying again, not saying that the guys aren't that we have aren't talented because we've seen it time and time again, they can ball, but recruiting matters. You know, it like we've seen it year after year, kids get better and better and just they're genetic freaks. And we have to dip into that pool. We have to try to go get the best of the best. We can't be worried about, oh, they already got this offer. They're already getting an offer from this team. No, we're Wisconsin, and we need to carry ourselves that way because that's who we are. And everybody knows Wisconsin's a household name. So let's go get the guys. Let's bring them on to campus and let them see what we have to offer. Because a lot of when I was there, guys didn't, guys were wishy-washy on commitment until they stepped on campus. As soon as they stepped on campus in the summer, they saw the lakes, they had the food, they met the people, they met the team, they met the staff, they saw the success, they felt the tradition in the building. That's when they that's when they commit. When you get guys on campus at Wisconsin, they commit. I'm telling you, like it, it's a sure, I saw it with my own eyes. Like guys were leaving, man, I love this. Yeah, commitment, commitment, commitment. And it was huge. And at that time, and I want to give a shout out to uh, uh, Saeed Khalif. I don't know if you guys remember him. But oh, yeah. He was our when Saeed came into the program, when Coach Chris hired on when Coach Chris hired on Saeed Khalif. I think he came from Georgia Tech um, or he coached at Georgia Tech. I think he was in recruiting or something. I can't remember his whole timeline. But if y'all if you guys can't recall before Saeed came in and before Coach Chris stepped in, we were in like 40s in recruiting rankings like on rivals on 24/7 on scout or scout, whatever it is rivals on 24/7 Warren, I have to tell you this your your class was ranked 87th in the country Bro, hey but all I'm gonna say is like, yeah, but I will look say you guys had one of the best defensive line classes of all time you had you you had Bo you had Conrad <laughs> we had some dogs now we had some dogs but um but that's what I'm saying like as we've gone along like as a as the the generations have progressed now it matters it maybe didn't matter as much then because guys were gritty we worked hard you know we had athletes even though the rankings weren't there but that has kind of like streamlined itself now they're really starting to pinpoint guys that you know where regardless of where you're from because at that time you know guys maybe didn't have the best exposure in their areas now they do because you've had guys come from that area so now you know those scouting services are like streamlining it you know and getting into those areas so at this point, now it's time, or like now, excuse me, when we had Saeed here, then we stepped into like top 25. At one point, we hit top 20. Then at one point, we hit top 15, I think, with like the 2020 draft, with the 20 draft class, with the 2020 recruiting class. And then unfortunately, he took another job somewhere else. But then once he left, we went back into the 30s and 40s, you know? So like, that is, and when we were at that point, look how successful we were, right? Like we did a, I don't want to get out. I'll talk to y'all offline. We'll get into details another time. But just like, look how successful we were. I mean, we've always been successful. Don't get me wrong. But when we fit, get guys that have, you know, as the generations are getting more talented, when we get those more talented guys and they fit the Wisconsin scheme, because you can find both guys that fit the Wisconsin way and are also talented. You can do that. Look how much better we get. That time where Coach Chris was here, uh, that time when Coach Chris was here, like, look at all the bowl games we went to. Look at how, look how, look at how we beat people. You know, look at how competitive we were, you know, so just something we're still going 22 years. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. I'm Warren. My last question. How many years do you think it takes? You think it's next year? You think it's the year after? Do you think we're more competitive next year? And then the year after, like we're really competitive. So you think about two, three years? I. If 
our guys are what I believe them to be, meaning like competitive, because I know our guys are competitive. We get better next year for sure. Like guys will start buying. I I agree with that. Yeah, guys start buying into the system. You know, we start weeding guys out who are just there to put on a jersey, things like that, because those guys weed out themselves. You know, again, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying like we have a lot of them or anything like that, but every program has those type of guys, you know. And so I think if the guys are as competitive as they say they are, like this year hurt. Like even though we, even though we made a bowl game, this shit hurts. Like no guy, nobody wants to win just six games. You know, and now we got a chance to win a seventh, but nobody wants to do that, and it hurts, mm-hmm. especially with the tradition that we've built here at Wisconsin. So I definitely think that next year will be better. I'm not gonna shoot out and say, oh, we're like competing for a, uh, you know, playoff, you know, by any means. And you know what? <laughs> I'm not saying that it ain't possible either, but I'm not gonna say that that's guaranteed what we're gonna do. But we're definitely gonna see something better. Coaches know what they have. They know what's coming in. And I would say give it like two or three years and we're going to be back to where we are for sure. We're, we're back to where you. we were. You're the best, man. 45 in the house. Hey, 45 for 45, man. This, we, we, got this, we got this thing, you know. We got this thing. I love it. Oh, uh, man, I love you guys, man. Y'all are awesome. I love you. I love you too, Matt Perkins. I appreciate all of you guys. (laughs) I appreciate both you guys. That is going to be the perfect place for us to wrap it up here today. And I I, like, we're like just scratching the surface. I had a list of about a dozen more questions I wanted to ask. So, I mean, that's just going to have to be part two, part three. We love love having you and Sojourn and Sweet Feet on. We'll be doing that again for sure. Um, Tell tell the good people listening how they can find out more about what you're doing with Camp Randall Platoon and everything else you're up to these days. Oh, man. Camp Randall, Camp Randall Platoon. This is the first year. We're looking to get bigger and bigger. And so hopefully... You guys uh, are doing awesome, by the way. I just want to say, you. like, you guys are all, like, naturals and really, really good at this whole media thing. Like, you three specifically are just very, like, good and have great analysis, insights, information. Like, it's become a must-watch for me, which yeah. I don't usually consume a ton of other Badger media because I'm too busy doing the stuff that I do with Bernie, <laughs> the stuff that I do with Clint. But like you guys are an absolute must like watch every single time a new episode drops. I appreciate that, man. And I'm and all the and we said it's a, we said it once we got off the once we got off the pod with you guys, man. It's the same way. Like it's just when you've built a relationship with guys and like all you, man, this is fun. This is a hobby. Like it's not a job. Like you get on, I get to talk ball with you guys. Like that comes natural, man. And, and I think it's just something that's fun. You know, it's fun to do, and and we enjoy doing it. Um, you can catch us on all podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify. You can catch us on YouTube. We just, you know, we have we got the full season on YouTube up now too. Um, but yeah, we enjoy doing things like this, and we love partnering with you guys and, and getting on a pod and chopping shop, especially with the legend himself, the Hebrew Hammer, number four, the original <laughs> number forty-five, Matt Bernstein. Like that's big Dude, for I love me. The original. Uh, me, I took, you know, not the original, but for me, you know, for as far as I, I remember, appreciate you know. It. Nick but, Bryson um, is is the original for me. Played Nick on Bryson, he played yeah. in the NFL for like seven, eight years. Yeah, he is. He dude, is he that dude person. mopped me up all day long <laughs> on scout team. And he he was a good dude. He'd be like, "Yo, Bernie, let's go drinking after this." Like you need, yeah. it. I'm like, I need it, bro. <laughs> like a, you're you're crushing me. Yeah, you're crushing me part. up, down, left, and right. I stink. I can't block you. He's like. Let's go to the red shed. I'm like, cool. I'll be let's there with you. I'll come with you. He's like, yeah. He's like, you don't even need to show an ID there. Don't worry. I'm like, great. I don't have to <laughs> show an ID. That's store for another time too. You're man. a good dude. Thanks. I'll take my licks, uh, you know, all week. <laughs> <laughs> as long as we can skip the lines and I can get in, we're good. I was, you know, I was happy. This guy was Benefits, going behind man. the bar and making his own drinks. Dude. I was like, 
This could be me. We got a chance to do that a couple of times. I think that's why I work so hard. I'm like, this could be me. (laughs) I need to have success on the football field so I can make my whole tricks. And it, was. it wasn't. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. No, nah, we loved it, man. Oh man! Now it. I gotta go to sleep and dream about that tonight. You know what? Oh, I ain't gonna lie to you. Like I've had dreams. I'll probably be hungover like... tomorrow. <laughs> That's what dream. forty feels like, Warren. I'll be so hungover oh. for my dream. Bro, have some for me too, man. Dude, Warren. Uh, real quick, while I still have you, the only dream I have is being in the stadium. I can't find my locker. I can't get on the field. Can't buy my helmet, dude. I don't have many other dreams besides like these frantic, can't get somewhere, can't figure something out. Like my locks, I have some like I can't find the field. Dude. I'm in the stadium with all my gear on, can't find the field, dude. Oh, somebody should write a book about me. That stuff is killer when I wake up. I was just about to say that. Like I'll have a lot of dreams where, uh, like we will have. On, it'll be game day. We're prepping. And, like, I'll get through the first play. Like, I'll, you know, I don't make the play all the time or I'll make the play and then I wake up. And it's like, bro, why don't you sleep? Like, <laughs> go get some, go make, go make a play. And I'm like, why does it have to stop? Bro, I love being, I love dreaming about what we did. Like, it's just like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what you call it, but just like those are some of the best dreams. Like you're mid game, you get through one or two plays, you've made a play, or you're like, oh, celebrate. Ah! And you wake up. My wife will tell you, like, there have been a couple of times where I've woken up in the middle of the night, like, ah, let's go. And she's like, she's like, what are you doing? And it's like, I just made a play or something, or like, the, or like, the dream just like cut out like mid play. And I'm like, man, what the heck? Like, come on, take me back. those are some of the best well you know what uh we those are good dreams for all of us you're making plays no matter what if it's in your dreams if it's in the real world if it's here on our podcast we absolutely love it and we appreciate everyone for tuning in to believe in badgers on the believe network presented by betonline.ag and oak ridge wealth management until next time on on wisconsin baby Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.